One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Tamara Thomas, editor in chief of UrbanHealthToday.com, part of the Dockwire family of medical news sites. And I want to thank you for tuning in to Urban Health Weekly. Our goal each week is to keep you informed of the latest in health and medical news right from today's headlines. It's time to empower yourself with open conversations about your medical care with news that matters to you. So are you ready? Let's get started. And speaking of cancer, so the next topic is three simple treatments that may reduce risk of invasive cancer by 61%. New research published in the journal Frontiers in Aging found that a combination of high-dose vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids, and a simple home strength exercise program reduced cancer risk by 61% in healthy persons age 70 and older. It is the first study, wait a second, can a person 70 years old even digest vitamin D? Yeah. They can? Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, I mean at some at some point they start losing the they ability. They say it's around to, ninety where where that happens. Around Wait, where you can't digest or you can't. Absorb well, where it. you can't absorb it, so it's just not. It's not. You, you I just, thought that was a case where like you're not absorbing it from the. You're not able to process it like the sunlight the same way and convert it and all that. It's not that. No, it's not that. Yeah, it's so taking the supplement the whole, doesn't really. The supplements don't, but they, you, they you don't, can get it in the just, food, you know. So. Yeah, just, so taking the supplement doesn't really, you don't really, it's not as bioavailable. Ah, to you. Okay. But yeah. It is the first study to look at the combined benefit of three low-cost public health interventions for the prevention of invasive cancers. Following future studies, the results may influence the future of cancer prevention in older adults. Mechanistic studies have shown that vitamin D inhibits the growth of cancer cells. Similarly, omega-3 may inhibit the transformation of normal cells into cancer cells, and exercise has been shown to improve immune function and decrease inflammation, which may help in the prevention of cancer. Here's my question. How do you get somebody who doesn't believe in supplements, thinks the food supply is just fine because the first part of their life, the food supply was fine. Ah, yes, because it used to be fine. Right, and it was never exercised. How do you get them on board with this? How do you, I'm just curious. I'm not saying it's impossible, I'm just wondering. Well, do you Everybody present them? I'm the old one here. Uh, no, but like, <laughs> even <laughs> my dad is in his seventies and he doesn't take any supplements. He doesn't believe in it. He thinks. Will he eat sardines? No. Will he eat anchovies? No. He well, eats goat. He eats mm-hmm. beef. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Now I'm craving goat. <laughs> he eats rice and peas. He eats, you know, um, okay, you know, some seafood. He doesn't eat. Oh, he does eat seafood. He, yeah, but not anchovies and stuff like that. He eats like crab or lobster, that kind of All stuff. Right. So not know. like not the uh, crabs and cook them up. Not no. the omega three fatty acids. No, acid. he's not buying yeah. salmon and stuff like that. Maybe some some escovish, some some kingfish or something like that. But yeah. very rarely. Mostly he's eating his red meats and stuff like that. And he does not believe in supplements. He thinks it's all 
horse pucky and oh yeah that sounds so familiar a lot of parents are like that <laughs> and, he's and he's like yeah okay i'm gonna eat my food and so i'm just flax. will he do flax if you grind it up and add Hell it oh no it's still an additive it's still an additive no he will no he will not absolutely not eat that stuff he doesn't even know what that is he would look at it and he would be like what is this this is not what is this so it has to be something that he had like kind of as a kid it would better. have to be something that you grew up with. So my question is, how do you get older people to buy into this? Because they think that they think that a lot of this is BS. I mean, there are this obviously there's the health nut, there's the health nut people who have aged, and they're already probably doing this anyway. So we're not talking. Yeah, they're about probably that. ahead of the game too. Anyway, right? Exactly. Probably with their chlorella and their, you know. Uh, uh, oh what about sea moss will he do like irish sea moss he's just not he's not making those kinds of drinks was there a but drink once that involved a time, moss? once upon a time well you gotta mix it you gotta put it in a blender and blend it you can't just chew it up you gotta like really break it down okay so wow. i'm just wondering like lou your parents are non-agerian so <laughs> for, for, for us normal folks i don't think that's it's going in the 90s uh and they do take i'll tell you the the, the biggest challenge in their uh taking their supplements is uh them being able to chew them mm, uh, uh, oh it's all chewable supplements well you know they come either in chewables and, and tablets or you gotta bite that on the tablet or or whatever, and sometimes the 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 gummies they give them problems now. So now they do it. It sticks to their dental work. You know, the, back in the day they used to have Jarvitol. Now they have Chewer and all those products. You know, where you just uh -huh. take them that way. Uh huh. But um, and you're you know, getting a lot of dairy with that. Well, aren't you know you? what what happens is a lot of the liquid supplements they they have a cocktail of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not just like drink this; it's vitamin D it's it's 27 things all put together ah. and, and the absorption rate is not as is great uh mm. in that in that age group anyway right so which yeah, means you have to buy more yeah they gotta buy more or take it different 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 times of the day or try to you know eat spinach or whatever you know things uh, or, or a lot of like wounds you know stuff like that to, to get you know your dietary numbers up legumes um, are anti-nutrient yeah. but okay oh and your dad's eating like peas and rice is he eating yes. that yes rice and peas yes yeah but you know if we typical if we, caribbean fare if, if, if i'm eating red beans and rice is that anti-nutrient well it just so in general legumes are anti-nutrient because they're not they're not sorry to interrupt you they're not um they're not designed to be digested. That's oh. why, yeah, they're designed for, we're, we're basically carriers for these things. We eat them, we poop them out, you know, we eat them point A, we poop them out point B, they get into the ground, they become plants. They're not designed for us to digest them. That's oh. why they, you have to do all the special cooking. That's why they have Beano and all this stuff. That's why it creates a lot of flatulence because we can't digest it. But it's a big staple for vegetarians, and they figured so that Popeyes red beans and rice I was eating the other day. That's not <laughs> <laughs> you said Popeyes. <laughs> it's not bad for you. I mean, you know, you do get something out of it. 
um, just not as much as you'd think. You'd have to yeah. eat a lot of it to. But in any case, prepared a particular way to to break it down so that it can. But that stuff is not providing like the omega threes. And when I was little, my mom used to soak the beans. She would soak them overnight. Overnight, right? Yeah, you soak them for for like a day or two and like really break it down and stuff. I don't know if people are really doing that anymore. A lot Mm. of people are buying it in the cans. I don't know what they're doing pre canning to Mm. the beans. You know. Well. Yeah, you know, getting getting back to that, you know, let's let's move a generation forward uh, from the from the ninety year old. I I actually started taking a lot of these supplements more seriously during COVID mm, because yeah. every day we read. In fact, some of our shows said if you take D three, you won't get COVID. Yes, even zinc, even uh, Tyler Perry. Remember, he he went on his um, social media and he had, he had seen his doctor, and his doctor yeah. told him to bone up on um, vitamin D three. And he wanted to share that with yeah. everybody. Like, people, you've got to take your yeah. D3. My doctor just told me to take D3. Yeah. But yeah. yet, yeah. doctors are not really fully embracing it. Yeah, and I, you know, I always get lots of sun because I do a lot of gardening and I'm always puttering about outside and doing mm-hmm. this and that. So I always thought that I don't need vitamin D. But when COVID hit and they said, oh, if you take vitamin D, you won't die as quickly. Uh, <laughs> was, uh, you know, make it part of my cocktail. And when something gets into like, the, the way I take my supplements, they're all kind of lined up and like, I just take one after the other, after the other, after the other. Once you make it to that holy row of supplements, you're <laughs> kind of going to be there forever. And D3 has now become a staple along with fish oil. and, and Fish oil and, so and vitamin C all, and B12. All this stuff is there for me. But you know what I I tell in, in the, but for older people seventy plus. Well, what's the do what about your parents? Do they take supplements? Uh, well, now my dad has my mom take supplements. But before my mom was so symptomatic with dementia, she if you would oh, right, say right. anything about like supplements, she would go absolutely not. When I was a girl, I ate blah 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 blah, and I'd be like. <laughs> But food was different then. And she's like, oh, I remember having a discussion with her where I was like, my mom was like, cows eat grass. And I go, mom, cows haven't eaten grass in 50 years. They eat corn now. <laughs> just, and, and, and other cows. And oh, apparently, yeah, with the mad cow. So yeah, you couldn't, at some point you could not like, she was just like, this is a food I ate when I was a child and it was just fine back then. I'm like, but food's not like that anymore. You know, no, you couldn't get her to take supplements. Uh-huh. She refused. So that's why I'm feeling for you. I don't know what you're going to do to get your dad to take the supplements. Well, what, one thing that I have, I, I, I'll tell you, and there's no study here that says this is good or bad. This is just me. Um, one of the things that I've done is before I would take like, a 500 milligram uh, pill of vitamin C, let's say. Now what I do is I take two 250s and I take one in the morning. And that's, one a good ah, that's a good idea. Space it out. And my doses are a lot less. Um, I, I, and because of that, I take it via gummies and stuff like that. They give you a smaller dose uh, each time. And the reason for that is that I, I kind of feel better when I do that. And I, and psychologically, I feel, well, if I'm not absorbing it a hundred percent, if I take smaller doses, but more times during the day, it's going to be better. So right now I'm on a twice a day regime with my supplements, but I buy purposely the lower dose. 
But can we focus people? I'm talking about people over 70. What do we do? When, they, do say we high dose vitamin, when they say high dose vitamin D, what's a high dose? High dose vitamin D. So the recommended, mm, let me look that up. Is it like 2000? Vitamin D3 recommended dose. Recommended daily intake. Okay, so they're saying that uh, you need 800 IU if you're an adult 71 or older. So high dose would be probably double that. All right, so it's like that little pill, right? It's that little, I don't know how to get that into a senior who, who uh, you know, if they're not gonna eat sardines yeah. <laughs> or uh, fish and, mm -hmm. or flax, what are other sources of vitamin D? I know it's like fish, especially fish, like the, uh, the fish. oily fish. Um, um, like sea, sea vegetables. Okay. Um, let me see, sunlight, of course. Yeah, let's see. Um, let me look here. <laughs> I'm on the NIH website. Okay, so let's see. I'm looking at this PDF and mushrooms. Oh, no kidding, mushrooms. Yes. Does your dad eat mushrooms? No. <laughs> High on this list is a lot of fish. Let's see. Uh, oval team. Okay. I know eggs. Oh, okay. so like if it's milk or dairy or something where they've enhanced it, like right. supplemented stuff, right? Cheese. Interesting. Eggnog. Will your dad drink eggnog? No. <laughs> uh, let me see. Interesting. Snickers. I don't encourage that. Will your dad eat Snickers? No. He'll <laughs> save them for he'll save them for my daughter though. <laughs> Turkey and pork sausage. Um, rice milk. A lot of insure. And a lot of like ready to eat cereals where well, that's what Lou was saying. Uh, yeah. He was talking about like those like insure and all that stuff. Your dad's not gonna drink that, is he? Uh no. <laughs> uh, he's not. Does he oh, do eggs? Um, very rarely. He's mostly like a he's like a red red and a white meat person. Like he'll have ham and he'll make some fried dumplings and you know that whole thing. Let me see here. Sea vegetables I know are very high in D in D three. I don't know about like stuff that comes from the ground, uh, but I'm looking at this list here, and it is slim pickings in the vitamin. What about liver? Does liver have vitamin D? I don't see liver on this list, but I can't imagine that it doesn't. It depends on the animal. Like, you know, uh, if you're eating cod liver, then sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is a lot of, um, this is a lot of like um, grain and, and um, meat uh, and grain and protein and fish and fortified foods. It's, it doesn't seem to be in, in, in some dairy. Uh, but it's again fortified, but naturally occurring. Uh, yeah, I don't see any. Um, this list is really spaghettios. Come on, um, <laughs> they're getting desperate. <laughs> yeah, they really are. It's like okay, you can get 119 IU's from. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Silk, soy milk, come on. Um, let me see here. I don't it's, really. Okay, there's a list of 100. It's a 149 page list. Um, oh, yeah, and you probably have to get like way Forget to the it. bottom yeah, of the okay. list. Yeah. To, to find vegetables. I just don't see it here. You know, human's beef. Only yeah. Things. Yeah. But then you start getting into really low levels of vitamin D. Right. You might as well supplement. So it's going to be really hard for your dad to get like. Yeah. Does, does he, and he does gardening? Work? He does gardening. So he's out in the okay, sun. That's good. Covered up because the mosquitoes eat him up. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. So really, you know, you've got to get into like mushrooms and and fish, and he doesn't. He's not. He's not a big salmon eater. You know. Mm. I mean, that's where you would get it uh, naturally. And you would get them in like really high, you know, numbers that would be good for your diet. And once you start getting into milk, you know, it starts falling off. So there's that. There's well, that. Hope. I don't know how we're going to get uh, older. I don't know how you're going to get that in him. I don't know how you're going to get older people to buy into this. I just don't see it. Well, moving on. That was, that was sad. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it seems so easy and so promising. And then you start thinking about how, how old people are. You know what? Stubbornness is such, uh, that is just the thing that caught me. But again, caught, it goes back to lack of, lack of knowledge. People just don't know. They really don't understand that the food supply is different. Like they don't get it. They see the right. food and they don't understand that a lot has happened to the food in the last 50, you know, the 60 years. They don't. They think it's the same food that, and they think it's right. like superior quality. Like they think it's the same quality they were getting when they were like a kid. It's like, uh, oh, yeah. well, you, you, you heard your mom. She thinks that it's yes, the same. She was that. not listening. She didn't want to hear it. And I was the ignoramus. <laughs> That's how she viewed it. <laughs> so the, the long and short of it is there is really no way to get older adults on board with this because they think it's bs even though it's like so simple to us so simple it's not and years ago it would have been simple to them too they would have just taken it but not right, now but not now now there's well, there is a way just show up at their house every day yes sneak it the way you were, used to do it with kids the way they probably did it with us where they would sneak foods like no I don't I didn't really need I didn't require hiding I did she just gave it to me and I just took it and that was that I don't know I was like a no fuss kid I'm black pregnant and refusing to give birth in the hospital for my own safety this is from refinery 29 they have a section called unbothered and this was um this one black woman's account of 
her realization that um, possible birth was not for her. I found out I was pregnant and I scheduled a doctor's appointment to see my OBGYN. I went in not knowing what to expect because I had never been in an appointment with an OBGYN before. It was completely different than what I anticipated. In the first few appointments, they do explain a couple of things to you, like how big the baby is, any health risks, and when the baby is due. But after that, there was nothing. On my seven-week appointment, I heard the sound of my baby's heartbeat, and then they told me everything was fine, and that was that. I was in and out in five minutes, and I didn't feel like I was provided with any information. As a first-time mom, you would expect them to guide you, give you tips and tricks, <laughs> and give you updates on the stage of your pregnancy. I want them to tell me what my body's going through. Tell me what I should expect. Tell me what is happening with the baby. But they didn't do any of that. That's why I started looking at other options. I asked around and found out that a lot of Black women felt the same way. And when they turned to doulas and midwives, they got way more education versus just going to their regular OBGYN appointments. And so that's what I did. I found an incredible doula, and I also have a midwife team. My doula has taught me so much about my body, about my baby, about how I'm going to feel mental health-wise during birth, and what to expect from day to day as, my, as a new mom. My first appointment with my, my midwife, I was blown away. The appointment lasted about an hour compared to my short OB appointment. In my experience, a huge difference between midwives and OBGYNs is that the OB is solely there for the health and well-being of the baby, whereas the midwife is there for the health and well-being of the mother and the baby. My midwives asked me about my mental health. They asked me how I was feeling and how I was exercising and taking care of my body. They explained what stage of pregnancy I was in, how my body was going to react, and how I should treat my body in certain stages, things that my OB never discussed with me. But the most important takeaway I've gotten from my doula and my midwives is that I'm in charge. It's my body, it's my baby, and I actually get a say in what happens. I wish all Black women knew that going into their birthing experience. Well, this is interesting because she's, the title is uh, you're refusing to give birth in the hospital for my safety. And I just want to talk a little bit about some midwifery data that I came across. Now, in colonial United States, midwives attended most births. It was common for towns in the north and plantations in the south to have a town or resident midwife. On southern plantations, the midwife was often an enslaved woman. Even as recent as 1900, midwives attended at least half of American births. In Black and immigrant communities, these numbers were far greater. In 1918, for example, almost 90% of Southern Black women's births were attended by midwives. And in 1908, about 90% of laboring Italian immigrant women in Chicago used midwives. There were, of course, some white midwives at the turn of the 20th century. However, the majority of midwives in Northeastern states were immigrant women, and the majority in Southern states were older Black women, often called granny midwives. Black midwives were typically trained through apprenticeship with older, more experienced female members or peers. At the turn of the century, the average cost of a midwife's services, including labor, delivery, postnatal care, housekeeping, and mother's health, was between two and $10. By comparison, the delivery services of a physician cost between 10 and $25 with extra costs for pre and postnatal care. Not only did low-income women of color prefer midwives at, for their lower cost, but also, as a 1924 survey out of Texas noted, women preferred to have the higher service of midwives because they were, quote, really worth more, unquote, than physicians. 
American women thought the comfort of having another woman or a group of women present during birth, as opposed to a male doctor, was as important a factor as cost. Judith Levitt explains that women benefited from the psychological support and practical help from other women, friends, neighbors, and relatives until they began delivering their babies in hospitals. Laboring women also received unique comfort from midwives and other female birth attendants as, quote, only a woman can know what a woman has suffered and is suffering, unquote. Pre-hospital birthing was thus something of a feminist endeavor in which women wanted and needed only each other because they knew that their specific female experience made them more equipped than any male physician to aid a woman in non-complicated labor and delivery. Saying all of this to say that, do you remember that movie with Idris Elba where he sees the girls? What's that movie where he's like, he's, a, he's from another, he's from another earth and he sees oh, the girls in the train, tower. the dark tower. And he says to the girls, you've forgotten the face of your father. Yeah, something, yeah. So what I'm saying here is that we have forgotten the face of our mother, right? So ah. once upon a time, we had these births and, you know, it was women's work. And women, yes, women we would have had grannies and aunties and everybody. Right, exactly. And men didn't get involved in this stuff, right? And then what started happening was states started um, pushing back and, and making anti-midwife laws. And what happened is just this drove women into hospitals. And then as women started going into hospitals for their labors, we started seeing a decline um, in quality of care. And we started seeing the uh, increase in maternal mortality. So wow. I'm just saying all of that to say that let's not forget the face of our mother. I had a doula and I had a midwife and my child is here. And you she had a doula and a midwife. I'm sorry? You had a doula and a midwife. I had a doula and a midwife, yes. Ah. Yes. I would have liked the comfort. I would have liked to have had the comfort of uh, a doula and a midwife. I mean, I, I loved my doctor, but in terms of like the hands on, like, you know, that being present with you the whole time, yeah. I yes. didn't have that. Right. Yeah. And See? that feels like not, that feels like, you know, really divorced from the ancient process. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, you know, with, with the doctor, it's like, wake me when it's time. They, they're they not really involved yeah, in the minute to minute minutia of the birth exactly. because that's not, that doesn't pay them any money. That's not, yeah, and that's not, that's really not their job, actually, the way they've been trained. Right, the way they've been trained. It should be their job, but it's not the way they've been trained. You said that exactly yeah, right. The, 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 and, and that's what I was going to say that, you know, giving birth here. It's extremely clinical. It's a bit of an assembly line process. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, now here I'm going to my opinion. I think that part of the reasons why we're watching, seeing some of the infant mortality rates after they had gone very down very low, starting to peak up again, or, you know, or, you know, bad, bad results, call it bad outcomes, whether it's the infant or the mother that, that has an, a bad uh, outcome, a bad outcome is due to the fact that you literally get five minutes of the doctor before and three minutes of the doctor after. You get like eight minutes of their time. Mm -hmm. um, where when you do get a midwife and you do get a team, 
they're there for a much bigger percentage they're there for the duration, of that yes. birth. Mm-hmm. So, so, and, you know, birthing was also always sort of like a social thing, you know, where you had a couple of people. Oh, it's a around. major life event. Yes. Yeah, it, it was, it was all that. Secondly, I, I'm not sure, you, you know, and I'm going to say, because I'm a guy, I'm not sure we have all the patience and all the simpatico and all that. Uh, I, I think, uh, there's a lot to be said for having women around during that time. They'll they'll pay more attention to details, more attention to comfort, more attention. And to, they'd be able to relate more. Right. To, and and kind of have be more uh, open to hearing other symptoms and, uh, and seeing other things that are going on. Because where, they treat you, they treat the whole person, right? Right. Not just, like, and again, I'm generalizing just here, but you know, but let's generalize. From, but from my experience. <laughs> In, the, in these wards and from what I've seen and what I've heard from others, you know, the doctor just shows up for like six minutes before they, you know, they don't even want to be bothered until the kid's almost out. And at that point they're there, if everything's okay, okay, bye, see ya. And there could be a lot of other things going and on. And heaven forbid, and, don't take too long to, to have the baby. They're ready right. to cut you open because that's more money. Yeah, and, and, the, and the less time that's being spent, I think the worse the outcomes are being. Yeah. That's why we're getting yeah. that trend towards yeah. poor outcomes. Because, it, because it's opportunity cost for them, unfortunately. How, however, and this is not to malign yeah. OBGYNs. Yeah. However, you know, what, what is also important is that people don't, say, okay, I'm not going to go to the hospital when there could be a, a chance of some adverse thing or... Right, or, right. Well, certified like nurse that. midwives and birthing centers are trained that if your pregnancy becomes complicated, that they are to send you to a hospital. And yeah, you're supposed to have a relationship what happens hospital. between point A and point B? You, you know, there is... You a, mean with the ambulance? Well, are there some the midwifery centers back. like in the hospital? Say that again? Aren't there some midwifery centers in the hospital? Don't some hospitals start? Are they having- call them birthing centers, um, but you know it's not always necessarily a midwife. Ah, okay. I mean, you know, my OBGYN is private practice. She he had a midwife that worked um, with him, and she's the one that attended my birth. And let me tell you, it was so helpful to have her opinion. And yeah, I bet that was so comforting too. Yes, it was very comforting. I trusted her because she was a woman and she, that's not to say if that she, if she were a man that, you know, I don't know, but I mean, I don't, I didn't have that experience. I'm just saying like for, for my experience, she advised me. I listened to her advice because she was a mother of several children and I was a first time, you know, mother. And she knew what she was talking about as far as I was concerned. I don't know if the doctor would have advised me differently if I would have pushed back. I don't know. But I'm so glad that I had a doula and I had a midwife to attend my birth. So don't forget the face of your mother, women. Please look outside the box and consider. And also women, please consider midwifery training. You know, this is a way to to get back and help your community. This is a way to help um, curb the trend of um, Black and Latin and Asian um, uh, maternal and infant mortality. So just think about it, consider it, because remember, you only have one life and one body. (laughs) So you've got to do your best to make it count so your years are full of life and full of health. Remember, people, information equals transformation. Small steps each day, and you'll see a difference. I'm sure of it. 
that's all the time we have today. You guys were awesome. Sorry we didn't get to everything today, but look, there's always next week. That's right. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Urban Health Weekly today. I hope you'll join me and my friends next week so you can stay informed and inspired to take control of your health. See you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.